This is Disaster Tales. Kate Fairweather, and this is Disaster Tales. Today, we're speaking with Paolo Terramani, and my co-host Liz Root is with us. Say hi, Liz. Hey. <laughs> and Paolo is the, um, you're the founder, correct, of the uh, Boxable company? I'm, I'm the CEO, correct. Okay. And Boxable is a, um, why don't you tell us what it is? So Boxable is a startup company here in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, to solve really the housing crisis, uh, you know, around our country, our borders, and around the world. Um, housing construction is really uh, in the Middle Ages still, if you like, in that it is the only pre-industrial consumer product left that has not moved to a factory in any volume uh, and so doesn't take advantage of all the wonderful things a factory can provide in terms of logistics and materials and putting people in a safe place to work and and uh, speeding up the production process. And the reason for that is because uh, buildings are big. It's quite simple. And uh, the, the factory, and so they're still built quite literally in a field, in the field. Uh, so that is the definition of pre-industrial. Uh, so we've moved um, building construction into the factory. And others have tried, obviously, with um, a modular and manufactured housing, but the, 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 the terminal problem with those products is that they ship about 14 foot wide down the road. And the maximum sh- allowable shipping width is eight and a half foot wide. So these solutions have perhaps a 200 mile radius from the factory origin. And uh, it's very expensive. You need flat cars, front and rear, you need special permits and all sorts. So that was the first problem we had to solve. Um, and we solved that by essentially making... Uh, uh, rooms uh, rather than homes. And rooms, unless you live in an igloo, <laughs> are basically six sides of a box. And uh, our rooms uh, have very good bones uh, for architects and for general living space. We have very, very tall nine and a half foot ceilings. Um, we are 20 foot wide on the short side, and our, our rooms will go up to uh, 20, 30, 40, and 60 foot lengths clear span. With those, you can build pretty much Uh, anything. Uh, But they still pack down to eight and a half foot wide. And when those um, rooms arrive on site and deploy, uh, they unpack and they are complete with fitted out with kitchens, bedrooms, bathrooms, closets, utilities, stairs, and all sorts. So that's the overarching principles of the company. Uh, Very high quality, very low cost, very fast speed when we're up operational. And we are we are not a charity, but we are good works. The goal of the company was founded to put as many roofs over as many people's heads as possible. And technology means today that, uh, you know, like, a, like an iPhone, uh, everybody ha- can live with the best quality, can have the best quality. You don't get, um, you know, a, a bad iPhone, if you like. So, so that's the sort of the overarching goal of the company. And certainly FEMA and disaster and disaster recovery, disaster shelters are very much a part of of the mission that we have. Okay, well, that's, you know, that's really interesting. It's a a good concept and and original, and it is something that we need 
Liz and I both worked out in California where the ha- there's a housing shortage to begin with. And then yeah. once there's a disaster, there's even, there's even less. So the, it's really difficult for people who have been through a disaster to very often to find a new place to live. And, um, and what, one of the things that Liz and I have been interested in is immediate emergency housing because FEMA will bring in their mobile homes, but they don't even, the earliest I've ever seen them come in is maybe 30, 30 days, 35 days, something like that. Does that sound right, Liz? Yes. And in the meantime, yeah. And at the, in the meantime, when we were in Chico during the campfire, what was it, the year before last, I think it was. Um, November the 8th of 2018. That was it. See, that's why I have her here. <laughs> um, we, we went and set up in the parking lot at Walmart to help people apply for assistance, but they were living there. They were sleeping in the parking right. lot at Walmart, and some of right. them had tents, some of them were in their cars, and some of them were just on the ground. Right. That's, that's terrible. That's terrible. So uh, perhaps I could speak a little bit about our disaster uh, recovery and uh, disaster shelter solutions. Um, they're based on uh, our first configuration, which is the boxable casita. And uh, there, is, there is a video, as we spoke about, that helps describe it further. But uh, w- one of the problems that uh, FEMA and uh, the, the, the problem that arises um, in, 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 in a disaster is that you need a lot of product very, very quickly, uh, and you need to put it down anywhere. You need to put it down on uneven ground, Walmart parking lots even. And you, ne- you need to get folks shelter very, very quickly. And then there are different types of folks. There are, there are single individuals. There might be men. There might be women. women there might be families. And you don't want to separate those families either. So the solutions we have currently are things like tents, which pretty nasty, or these sort of trailer homes, which are not rated as permanent structures or have an inferior building code. So the solution we have is to ship uh, uh, building boxes that have um, that have uh, basically a bathroom and a very simple kitchen in. They can be delivered by pickup truck, uh, which is very important wow. because if you yeah if you deliver on a big rig, you got to find a lot of big rigs to. And you know I don't know how many big rigs there are in a disaster. So um, a lot of people have uh, pickup trucks around the country. Um, our product comes on its own trailer, and when it arrives. Uh, we don't even really need level ground. The product is so rigid, it just needs to be held up in the four corners. Um, and equally importantly, uh, the product can be, uh, the, the shelter can be uh, delivered uh, to, to the disaster site by the driver. No crane is required. Uh, no second person is required. It can be unloaded. It could be set down and that driver can go. And there will be manpower at the disaster site because everybody's homeless and out of work. I don't mean to make light of it. Um, and we have a very simple uh, system where, where two guys with an electric winch, which we provide, can unpack, uh, unpack the boxables right there and then. Uh, and what that boxable looks like is a 20-foot by 20-foot piece of heaven if you've got nowhere to hang your hat uh, at night. And uh, again, the nine and a half foot ceilings, uh, big windows, none of these things are terribly important for the immediate shelter. But uh, what you do have is you'll have, um, within that unit, you will have electricity via solar, um, water via a water tank, 
an inside bathroom uh, with, with the toilet and uh, a basic kitchen and electricity. And in there, we can put up to four single beds for single men or single women, or you can have a couple, three beds for a family with one or two children, uh, and, and they are safe and secure. We're hurricane rated. Um, so that provides a fast, scalable, deliverable product at very, very short notice, and uh, uh, FEMA can keep uh, inventory depots of product around the country or in sort of general hotspots where disasters occur. What happens after the immediate uh, the, the immediate emergency and the eyes of the of the world and the and the media and the press are off that site is maybe not so pretty. Um, the tents turn into slums. The trailers turns into slums. Um, there's no reusability. They're not they're not renewable in any way. They're junk essentially, and they create a secondary problem of uh, creating uh, really you know. They're basically landfill product, I have to say. With the boxable product, it is a building system. You can think of them as Legos, like giant Legos, if you like. And if you remember when we were all kids, what you could build with Legos, pretty much anything. So uh, when the disaster is over, what FEMA prefers to do is to put it, so put the community back to work. A lot of people are unemployed, so they can get federal dollars um, to be put to work. Put to work doing what? Well, the boxables um, that we'll be delivering will be 50-state rated. Uh, they're essentially modular homes, modular rooms, uh, and they can be taken from the uh, from the distress site and reconfigured into single-family homes, uh, schoolhouses, uh, municipal buildings, pretty much anything you can imagine. So uh, the boxables are not thrown away. They're not a one-time use. Uh, they provide a shelter but then eventually, essentially, they're rooms, uh, and those rooms can be reconfigured uh, to uh, to help rebuild the community. So it's really an end to end. Uh, it's really an end to end solution. Well, that sounds like a very flexible plan. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the construction? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so when you build in a factory. Um, uh, you have uh, different and less constraints than you have in the field. In a field, when you're building, essentially a guy has to pick stuff up. So it's basically down to how strong he is. And of course, we have we have cranes and trucks and things like that. But that's why two by fours you can pick them up. That's why sheetrock you can you know drywall you can pick it up. It also has to be human sized. That's not very efficient because human sized things are small. And buildings are big. So in the factory, we have uh, robot arms and cranes and large presses that, uh, to help us pick these things up from point A to point B. Um, the hammer is never very far away. All the tools are right there. And we can build in a very different way. So it, a normal house is built with bits of wood, fiberglass. Um, they're not very strong. Thermally, they're not good. We have what are called thermal breaks every 24 inches or so because there's a piece of wood running through the wall. Um, ours are pressed together as panels, as unitary panels that are 20 foot wide, nine and a half foot long as a single piece. Um, and they have no thermal bridge. They are essentially made from uh, a ceramic concrete, steel, and insulation. They can't. They can't rot, 
They can't swell. They can't distort. Uh, there's nothing for bugs to eat. There's, no, there's nowhere that mold can grow on these very large panels that we press together um, with, with robots in our plant uh, with a, a, a 250,000 pounds of pressure. They're enormously, enormously rigid. Um, and they're so strong that typically when, you know, when in a normal construction, when you build, um, when you cut a, a, a hole for a, for a window or something like that, you need something called a header across the top. Uh, very, very laborious, very time consuming. With our product, the holes for the windows, that's all we do. There's no header. Everything is so uh, ridiculously strong. Um, and uh, they, they pack and unpack uh, as a series of large panels. Uh, the Casita that we have, which is our first, first configured uh, commercial product, we estimate uh, the utility bills all in will be about $28 or $30 a month because these things are so rigid and airtight. And in terms of the foundations, which folks talk ask us about all the time, um, we, were, we were, you know, we showed this uh, product a couple of years ago, and we were surprised at how many times we got asked about the foundation. I said, what's the issue with the foundation? And we realized that in a traditional construction, the foundation holds up the house. You know, you need to have a strong, straight foundation mm -hmm. or, all the, or all the little sticks that the house is made of just, you know, it's all wobbly. Uh, our product is built to ship, built uh, uh, with those panels that I just described. Uh, we don't need a, hand a foundation to hold our, our, our boxables up. Uh, the 20 by 20 foot boxable, for example, can just be held with four, four, in the four corners, and they're so ridiculously rigid. So, so four, four piers, like? Yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. and whatever your local municipality uh, allows. And then uh, the, the buildings themselves uh, have, um, you know, a, a wood effect flooring that uh, the casitas, uh, design-wise, strike, strike uh, a middle distance between contemporary and traditional to have a very broad appeal. And we use really the finest. We got some terrific uh, product partners, uh, you know, Whirlpool, Daikin. The list is endless. Everything is uh, top quality. Again, think iPhone. Uh, there are no second-rate uh, materials in the product construction. So it really, it's a reimagining uh, how to build uh, buildings or rooms from scratch when you think about building in a factory uh, with heavy equipment that can help technicians assemble the products. Uh, and it leads to a tremendous lowering of costs and efficiency, which in its our goal uh, to pass those costs, uh, those savings along to, uh, to, 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 to customers. Okay. So you have like a 400 square foot building and and what kind of what kind of cost are we looking at compared to a, a home of that size um traditional home of that size right so if, if you've seen the casita folks can go i'm sure to boxable.com uh, if you don't mind me saying that to just to, they can visualize uh, the casita uh it is basically a 400 square foot home nine and a half foot ceiling it has uh, full-size appliances full-size kitchen and bathroom um uh, full-size uh, Whirlpool, I believe the brand is, for the refrigerator uh, cabinets to go to the ceiling, glass-fronted cabinets. It's absolutely fully uh, kitted out uh, and finished, and uh, it's it's uh, $49,000. Uh, 
um, delivered uh, locally within the surrounding states, and there is a small upcharge uh, for for transport, tra transporting further. We, we've, we, we showed that product first at uh, IBS, International Builders Show, actually here in Las Vegas, biggest show in the world. And this was the first time we'd shown a configuration of the technology, which is the Casita. And uh, we said, you know, what, what, where can we make a fair profit? What, what can we price it at? We said, you know, $50,000, dollars seems very fair. We went in there really not knowing at all uh, how folks would react. We said, well, we hope it's not too expensive. And in fact, the, quite the opposite was true. The general reaction from thousands of go showgoers, I think somewhere between six and 7,000 showgoers, they just literally could not believe uh, the price. Uh, and they kept saying, well, what about the fridge? What about the windows? It's like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Everything you see except the bed and the knickknacks, like, you know, we dressed it with plates and that things like that. So it comes right. with, the, uh, with the air conditioning, uh, voice-controlled, voice-activated lights, uh, voice-activated thermostat. Uh, I mean, it's just a very comfortable place to live with dimmable lights uh, throughout the unit. It's, it's very, very nice. Yeah, that sounds fantastic because I know I looked, uh, did some research into the tiny house movement, and those, they start at what you're, offering and that's just for a basic you know building yeah. on a trailer you know the issue with the tiny homes is that uh the tiny homes the container homes uh they're they're attempting to answer really what is a desperate need uh in with within our own country and elsewhere around the world actually for affordable quality housing uh, or just affordable housing um, and I think that's why the Casita has, has struck such a deep emotional vein with people. Um, the, the issue with uh, tiny homes and containers, and we, we don't see them as competition or anything like that, is that they're just tiny. <laughs> I know it's stating the obvious, but you know, if I outstretch my arms, uh, it's about six foot across, right? So uh, eight foot, seven foot across, that's going to be the width of your right. tiny. Um, and I don't know who can live in that. And then the ceiling height is not going to be much taller than you are. You know, so if you've got a, a six-foot person in there, they may have seven, seven-and-a-half-foot ceiling. It's not really a long-term living solution. Um, and just because you live in a tiny home, for example, doesn't mean you have uh, – well, in fact, if you live in a tiny home and you're on a budget, you definitely, for example, want to shop for the week. You want to go to the, the supermarket and shop for the week. Well. Mm -hmm. You can't shop for the week and put your your week shopping uh, in your tiny home in a tiny fridge. You know, it has to be a full-size fridge. Right. Not effectively and cost-effectively uh, for the week. So, and then uh, the, the other products, you know, like container homes, they're, they're sort of very compromised in terms of thermal value. Our approach was we were not willing to give up on any item of quality or, or physical size of living space uh, with the casitas. We want people to go into those homes and say, it is a smaller home, it's, it's essentially a studio home, what it is, but I'm living large. You know, my ceiling heights are high, I have three foot wind, I have a front door, I have a back door. My doors are three foot wide, they're eight foot tall, my windows are eight foot tall, uh, all my cabinetry is beautiful, it's all organized inside. 
There are, there's no, there are no inexpensive uh, components in the home. And, of course, uh, our homes are scalable. You know, we've introduced the Casita. Uh, we will be introducing other modules that simply connect um, on all three axes. You know, you can go out to the front, to the side. You'll also be able uh, to, to go uh, two stories. So if you're a, a, a single person on a budget or a single person that turns into family, uh, with a girlfriend or a baby, uh, you can add bedrooms uh, and, and, and other components. And in terms of the architectural style, uh, we are purposefully uh, architecturally neutral uh, because it's a big world and there are different local flavors. So uh, a, a, young, a young person, let's say, could um, move into their uh, into their casita, and then they can grow that casita, and they and they can even finish the outside uh, to something that is to their taste or to the local is to the local taste. Uh, if they choose to leave them as is, they're gorgeous. You know, they're painted. Uh, they have almost a flat pitch roof, um, and they're snow load rated, wind load rated, and all of those good things. Now, now you talked about them being hurricane rated. Can you tell us what? What kind of rating that is, what the wind speed would be? Uh, I cannot right now. I'd have to bring in my senior engineer. <laughs> and uh, oh, okay. we're actually, yeah, we're actually going through all of our codes right now in terms of wind rating and shear loads and things like that. And it's a long and arduous process. I have to say we're crushing all the, all the testing we've done so far because of the unitary nature of the panels. It's just a very solid uh, structure. Oh, that's good. I know that um, when I talked to Galliano, I gave him some information about getting a tornado ratings from the uni- um, Texas Tech University. So, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, Mommy can know that actually. So, okay. if you like, I can I can send that to you, or you can get it from him, or whatever. Yeah, so. I made a note. Well, yeah, we'll find it. It's terrific. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I'd like to ask a question, if I could, with regard to the wall panels um, that's uh, noted in your uh, boxable.com. They're created from a single mole in less than two minutes and are laminated with magnesium oxide wallboard. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a sort of a layup process. So if you can imagine a wall in your mind and you can imagine laying that wall down, uh, and uh, the first layer that we put down is a galvanized, pre-painted steel sheet, uh, you know, very hard-wearing material. And then uh, the next layer that comes down are panels of, of insulation with a very, very high R value. Uh, then above, above that is another layer of steel uh, that, gets, that gets layered on, and above that is a layer of this ceramic uh, magnesium um, cement board, essentially. Uh, that is all. Uh, then there's a, some perimeter extrusions that are uh, 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 3D uh, extrusion printed, very cost effective. They have gaskets on them, very similar to the doors of your car. You know, when you shut the door on the car, you've got the rubber, rubber edging to keep the weather out. Uh, and then we put that in a vacuum press. These are very large, obviously. These are 20 foot long, very large vacuum press uh, for a couple of minutes. Uh, and, uh, it, uh, and, they, and they cure. It's about a, a quarter of a million pounds of pressure. Um, 
And then uh, we take them out of the vacuum press and you have this very large uh, wall panel, floor panel or roof panel. And they have all the fixtures in them at that point. For example, we have what uh, uh, wires are run through the wall. It's called a chase. Uh, the, the insulation has holes running through it like a grid pattern. So the wires can be run through. Uh, and then those wall panels are, I mean, they're perfect to within, you know, thousandths of an inch as opposed to a quarter of an inch or a half an inch in normal production. Where do you purchase the uh, magnesium oxide uh, uh, wall board? Right. So in terms of the materials uh, generally, um, you can see from that guy that we like to buy things within our national borders. But as a practical matter, uh, the ceramic panels are not available here. We have to get them from uh, the Pacific Rim. Uh, most other products we're able to buy uh, within the USA, and that's our preference. I understand. And normally, uh, those are either, they come either from um, China, India. Um, but um, I'd like to ask a question. Um, these panels were used in, in Denmark in 2010, and they had issues with corrosion uh, of fasteners. Uh, have those issues been resolved with this uh, wall panel? That, that, from my understanding, that was a, a really a, a different formulation of a different formulation of board, sulfur board, and uh, we really don't have those composite materials that would create the, 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 that sort of problem. It would be like sort of the analogy. Analogy would be, you know, there are, you know, it's um, if you think of a door is made of wood. Well, there are many different types of wood. You know, there's balsa wood and there's mahogany. Um, so although we have uh, the ceramic uh, concrete panels, magnesium uh, panels, uh, you know, these are, these are uh, an approved, approved hard-wearing uh, formula. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> so um, let's see. What else were we talking about the other day, Liz? I can't remember. Um, well, uh, I'm, we were really impressed about the fact that you have a contract with the Department of Housing and Ben Carson, um, and that seems like an, a, an incredible achievement, quite frankly. Galliano indicated that you hope that within the next 11 to 12 months that you'll be able to uh, start selling the casita. And... Uh, I was wondering, have you done any uh, contracts with FEMA? Uh, not yet. So, so we are, we are a startup. Um, uh, we do, yes, we, we do have. We just received paper. We just received the paper on the Department of Defense order. Where I think it's uh, for 120 units. I think it's around uh, uh, seven and a half million. Uh, they actually called up this morning. <laughs> And ordered another two and a half million. So, uh, yeah, so it's very nice. Ten million dollar order. So, uh, there's really nothing better as a, as, a, as, a, as a new company to receive an order from the federal government because it's, it's effectively guaranteed and tremendous amount of confidence. I mean, they do their due diligence in terms of uh, receiving a quality product. We have eleven months uh, to deliver that. And uh, we are uh, we, we were already rolling with this in terms of uh, 
of uh, our factory space. So what you see behind us is a small factory. It's really an R&D lab, I would say. It's about 20,000 square feet back there. We'll be moving into about 100, 120,000 square feet. Very, very large space. In Las uh, Vegas? Yes, absolutely in Las Vegas. We try and be good uh, good Nevadan uh, citizens, you know. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, and uh, we have, for example, and this, we're really mobilizing uh, a lot of resources. We're onboarding now uh, a lot of folks to help us uh, uh, go from you know, effectively zero to one, right? Uh, for example, we have, uh, of all things, Porsche, Porsche the car. Porsche has a consulting arm. They're coming in next week for two weeks. Uh, it's going to be some heavy-duty uh, work. And we'll have a terrific uh, assembly plan. We have our own uh, operations manager here, and that's going to be great to get them together. We have our plan. We need to ratify that plan and um, make sure it works correctly. And I'm sure they'll be bringing a lot to the table. So the long and the short of it is in 11 months, we will turn that on. We will then have, uh, from that one manufacturing line, we'll be able to make, after we deliver that order, uh, the production run on that order is about four or five weeks. And thereafter, we will be in a position to produce um, about six units a day, four to six units a day. And we're, we're getting a space large enough that we put down another line. So we'll have between eight and 12 homes a day we'll be able to deliver. And uh, we're hoping our second order comes from SpaceX. Uh, they've requested uh, 200 units. Um, but once the factory is up and running, We'll be able to produce those fairly quickly. But if our first and second orders are from the Department of Defense and SpaceX, and the sector, uh, the secretary, uh, Dr. Ben Carsten, gives it his blessing, uh, you know, certainly we feel blessed. I mean, that's off to a terrific, a terrific start. Uh, and it's not enough volume. And we'll be planning uh, uh, franchise factories really all around the country and eventually around, around the world as well. Uh, because the demand is so high uh, for the building system. And our goal is to lower the cost of housing. And the more we make, uh, the lower uh, the lower the price will be. And uh, we believe folks will, folks are already shocked at the price of our products. We're just warming up. We're just warming up. Mm -hmm. The goal is to, is to get the, the absolute lowest cost. Uh, put as many uh, roofs over as many people's heads, as I mentioned previously, uh, as possible. That's Yeah, I can see where, because um, I think we did talk about this before, um, that right now the military personnel housing is not in good shape in a lot of places in this country and across, across the world, wherever they're stationed. And so I could see where that would be. I don't know if that's what you're doing, but that would be a really good solve to that problem. And um, and the fact that you can link them up, you can stack up, you can stack up several of them. We think at launch uh, we we will will be fine to to stack two. Uh, we think that technology once it's fully tested, we'll be able to stack a, a, a staggering seven. <laughs> wow. But wow. uh, as long as it's just, as long as I'm just speaking the three of us and there's nobody else watching, I don't nobody. mind. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind saying that. So yeah, we think the technology will be able because we are. It's a construction technology, and you know uh, we're looking to uh, be able to make most things most of the time 
in, in most most applications. Um, but to begin with, two stories, absolutely. Um, and folks get very excited when they see that they can buy a casita and they can make the casita bigger. Um, right. You know, that's very exciting. And, yeah. you know, if you really think about it, uh, if you have a casita and you put your, your footings down, uh, whether they're piers or a slab, uh, and you go up, you haven't increased your footprint. You don't need any more foundation. Uh, it's uh, very, very nice. In fact, if folks want to dig around the uh, the Boxable website, they'll see some townhouse plans, uh, and it would be possible, for example, with 20, so a little abstract, but I'll try and help to visualize it for you. It's uh, If you can imagine that 20 by 20 footprint on the ground, it's a square footprint, two cars bid in that space, two cars. So if we put uh, two concrete walls up, you've got essentially a, a two-car breezeway, uh, and then you can put... Uh, your first floor on top of that, your second floor on top of that. You've got three stories. The first floor, the first story will hold two cars, and then you have a one-bedroom above that. And all you've used up is a 20 by 20 footprint. Uh, that's, yeah, that's really good thinking. I know that I know in Louisiana, we have a lot of flooding down there, and it's been my experience that when they – when FEMA comes in and does um, does their response, they require that they mitigate by elevating the house. So, yeah. I mean, I've actually I've actually seen a mobile home on top of about thirty feet of cribbing before. Yeah. So um, that's that's, that's one of the things that that makes this so useful in that area that you can elevated up up pretty high apparently yeah so if, if it's elevated let's say uh, 10 or 12 feet you get yourself a very inexpensive uh, parking space underneath and uh, your cars might wash away but you won't so well that's, that's good <laughs> does, does solar come as part of this package or is it extra does what come solar solar panels Okay, so I'm glad you mentioned that. So uh, at that price, uh, it does not. We are we are working with the Tesla battery folks now, mm-hmm. and uh, when the when the roof uh, unboxes, there's three articulated panels, and the top panel when it comes across that whole panel, which is about a third of the roof, flat roof, would be enough to to provide electricity for the whole unit along with uh, a Tesla battery. So that's absolutely in the plans, driven by FEMA. And uh, uh, for off-grid situations, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, and there are government programs for the solar panels and we're invested in those. The battery is expensive though, especially you know, the Tesla one provides great value in, uh, in, in, a, lot of, in a lot of ways, but it's still, it's still a significant upcharge, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Well, batteries, yeah, batteries are the only thing that's holding us back from having solar and wind and everything else that we have at the highest efficiency. Correct. Yeah. So, let's see. I don't know. Where are you at, Liz? I think you've hit quite a bit. I really do. Um, we are uh, terribly impressed with uh, Boxables and where it's going in the next year. The fact that it's mold resistant, uh, the fact that it's moisture, fire retardant, it's its very, very exciting. Well, thank you, guys. I really appreciate that very much. 
Yeah, I was, it was interesting to find you because, as I said, Liz and I worked together a couple years ago, and we worked the campfire in California, and and the, we talked about the just almost every single night on the way home. <laughs> we talked yeah. about how to find people, a place that they can stay yeah. temporarily or permanently. I know that, you know, if you have children, per, me, if I... When my children were small, if I had to stay in a shelter, I wouldn't be able to sleep because those shelters are open, just beds everywhere. And being able to keep track of my children when I'm awake, you know, I would not want to sleep because I wouldn't be able to see what was going on. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Safety is number one. It's also an issue of uh, of just plain um, shelter. Uh, we uh, we traveled an hour and a half, three hours a day, just getting to Chico for the Paradise Fire. And we sent individuals or shelters out of the state of California. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. just not terribly practical, economical, or feasible, and quite frankly, not even sustainable. Right, and you're trying to help. And you, if, you, if you're faced with a four-hour round trip or worse, you know, I mean, that's four hours you could uh, be helping some more or taking a break, you know. So nobody needs to sit in an hour for four, a car for four hours. So the, the rapid deployability of a secure building uh, is, is absolutely paramount. And it, it, the security is a very real issue um, when, when society breaks down. Uh, you know, we're seeing it now with riots and things. It doesn't take that much. And when society breaks down, bad elements come out. Um, and that's certainly the case uh, in, in disaster situations, unfortunately. So security is extraordinarily important. Well, and even if it's not criminal, the fact that you have managed to get out of your destroyed home with something that you want to keep safe yeah, because it's that's all true. you've got. Yeah. And, and yeah, so feeling yeah. safe and being able to protect your property is, is important. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I was going to mention real quick is that, um, well, I was just going to talk about Puerto Rico because in Puerto Rico, what happened during Hurricane Maria is that the people got sent to the mainland. Uh, they were evacuated and their homes were damaged or destroyed, but nobody brought them back because there wasn't any place for them to stay. So they were struggling to find jobs, find housing and make a new life. And then people came along and said, well, I know you need some cash, so I'll buy this property for way less than it's worth. And uh, then you'll have some cash. And they had to do that because they needed the money. But, Absolutely. It's a slippery it, slope. Yeah. It is. But having easily available, rapidly deployed housing like this would would really help with that. Yeah. And in that situation, for example, I mean, that's a very good point, you know, where where things go from bad to worse. Because, because they went bad, they went worse. And you just made that example where someone's home is destroyed. They've got a lot in Puerto Rico. They've got nowhere to put their head down. Someone comes, takes the land, and they got some cash in their hand to get on, and it's a terrible deal for them. Uh, so, you know, in those situations uh, down the road, uh, the, the, the casitas are just deployable so quickly uh, that and I'm sure that other, other businesses will spring up even to rent them. So that's a perfect example. You've got a family completely destroyed. 
casino arrives, they can rent it. It costs next to nothing to rent. I mean, it, it, it's very affordable to buy, uh, but it would cost next to nothing to rent. So yeah, and then they could they, even stay in there for a year while they rebuild. Right, and then they, exactly. get, they, don't, they don't get the rug, or in this case, the land pulled out from under their feet while they're getting back on the feet. Yep. That sounds good. So it sounds like that you have got a lot of solves to a lot of the things that we discussed. Oh, and I'm really glad that we found you. We thank you so much, Mr. Teramati. Yes. Call me Paolo. Okay. Only, only, my, only my children call me Mr. Teramati. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Paolo. So that was Paolo Teramati with Boxable.com. That's B-O-X-A-B-L, no E, dot com. You should take a look at his website because he's got a lot of really good ideas and I think you'll be surprised at the quality that it, that shows on the website. I appreciate you being here to listen. Thank you very much and we'll catch you next time. Disaster Tales theme music is by Stephanie Cerny. You can check out our website at www.disastertales.com and you can contact me at kate at disastertales.com. Thank you for listening. Today's disaster tip is once more about COVID-19. I know that everybody's getting tired of staying in and not being able to see their relatives and not being able to pick out their own vegetables sometimes, but it's still very bad and it's getting worse right now. Fall is here, people are gonna be more inside, and so the virus is more dangerous. So please try to remember, wash your hands 20 seconds, sing happy birthday twice. Make sure that you stay out of large crowds. Stay six feet away from anyone else. That would be one Keanu Reeves away. And take care of yourselves. Thanks.